This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, Anna Martin wrote the first book of what became a call. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club Mystery. I'm the fire starter. Oh, that's good. He died. Yes, that is true. R.I.P. The guy guy from from Prodigy. Prodigy. Okay, great. Great start. Thanks for bringing us all the way down after I brought us all the way up. Uh, How's it going, buddy? Good. I'm the fire starter. My name is Tanner Greenring. Um, I live in Brooklyn, New York. I'm about to have a son. Uh Um, I'm married to a woman named Jamie Greenring. What is this? What is this that you're doing? Uh, this is I don't even know what our episode numbers are anymore but it's something like episode number 200 it's kind of it's a reset for people who are coming in fresh you know yeah um that was me stalling while I pulled up my notes oh I see because I was looking at a text from my wife oh that's nice okay um here we go this week baby nation we read a book yeah, we sure did. Um, that's not how we introduce the show, though, is it, Tanner? Shall I do it? Is that what you want? Oofta, boofta. Oh, uh, here's what I was thinking, actually. Looking at um, my notes, Jack, and I think... Uh, what? I think there's going to be one set of footprints in the sand this week. Oh, no. And I think is it's it going to be Jack's. Okay, that's often true, um, but that's <laughs> why we do this. Uh, <laughs> you just take a break, buddy, get on my back, pull up a snow cone... Oh, I wish I had a snow cone. <laughs> That'd be nice. Um, here's what I want to do then, in that case. I want to get this right because I think last time we almost did it and it felt on the verge of feeling great. Right. And this time I genuinely want to get it right first time. So I'm going to okay. walk you through this. Okay. And then we're just going to get it right first time. Okay. I say the thing that I say. Shoot. And then you, you say the thing that you say, which is a question in a Bingo. mysterious tone. Right? Bingo. Two questions. And then I welcome our listeners to our thing, which is two things. On the first of those two things, I want you to come in. Does that make sense? The first of those two things. First of the two things. So hit it when I hit it. Does that, are you with me on that? Hit it. Hit it when I hit it. Hit it. Then I say the second of those two things, and then you're back in action. And I say the second one as well? Immediately. No. Because you didn't specify. You just said I come in on the first one. Just the first. also come on the second one? I'm specifying now. Just the first. Okay. Then I say the second one, and then you do your mysterious whisper. Mm. And then I'll take us home. Okay. Are you ready then, for that? Have you got it all in your head? Yes. Okay, you ready? Yes. And we're going to get it in one. Hi, hi. And why, why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. See, I think that was great. I don't like coming in on the first club. I here's because we have three we, clubs, and here's what I think we should do. What? I can come in on the last one. Babysitters Club Club Mystery, and then we both say club. That's not as fun, and it's a like, punctuation. It's like a, it's like a snare hit. Okay, <laughs> we'll do it. We'll try it that way. <laughs> we'll use one of the takes. We only get one last try to say it, and we're gonna do it now. Hi, hi. And why, why? And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club Mystery Club. Club. I'm Jack Shepard. Right? That was good, right? Yeah. Now we say our names. I'm Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring this week. And this week, my name is Jack Shepard. And what we do every week is we talk about a new novel in the great mystery cycle by Anne Mystery. Martin. Martin. This week, we are going to be talking about a novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery, number 13, Marianne and the Library Mystery. Um, and what I'd love to do is our fucking hit new segment. Oh, okay. Which one? We write a review for <laughs> Tim right. Cook. Isn't that do fun? You have, um, are you able to type easily on your computer? Yeah, I can type easily. I can pull Because up- I did it on my phone last time, and it was um, it took a long time. Okay, so I'm going to pull up the book in that case. So go to iBooks and pull up the book. Okay, and then we'll throw this review on iBooks, and and I'll throw it on Goodreads as well. And you put them on Goodreads. And this is your personal Goodreads account? Yeah. 
Yeah, so everybody so like follow right, me on Goodreads. It's right by like your Jack Red Infinite Jest again. Yeah, you can look at the fucking snobby ass shit I read on Goodreads, and also the super geeky sci fi shit that I read on Goodreads, and I will be, I will feel seen. Okay, so then right click on the book in iBooks and hit Show in Bookstore. Okay, Show in Bookstore, and then click Ratings and Reviews. Ratings and reviews. What do you think? So let's talk about stars. I think five stars. I think four, and here's why. Okay. I, and maybe this is my fault. Maybe Anne and Ellen don't deserve a knock for this. Yeah. But I knew the solution to the mystery. No, that, and I think, I agree, and I think that we should just include that in our review. But I don't think that's their fault. But we can say that as a but, warning. But, but here's, another th- here's another thing to consider. Okay. If even if I had not known, even if I had not read the main canon series and knew the secret yeah. of the mystery, it was a bad mystery. Okay. Because it wasn't a I think in order for something to be a good mystery story and a good mystery book, mm-hmm. there should be clues along the way that a very savvy cunning reader could pick up on okay. to lead to the solution to the mystery. And okay. this was a out of left field nonsense mystery. They just like threw the solution at us at the last second. They're like, it wasn't any of the things. It was this totally think, random no, out of left field thing. I'm going to disagree on that front because if you were really savvy, you would have known that all of the books that were used to start fires were fifth grade level reading. I know, but books. there's there's still no way you could pin Sean Addison from any of the clues given in this book. Okay. All right, we'll go. We'll agree on. I four would say stars. four and a half stars, but we'll agree on four. I think that's fine. And here's we'll, what we can do. Here's what, what we can do. What for for four and a half stars? Yeah, you rate five. I rate four. Great. That's going to net out at four and a half. Okay, and we'll include and then that you'll leave a review. All right, it's too late now because I've already rated this book five stars. It's great. Okay. I'm writing a review. What do you want the title? I've rated it four stars. Okay. Title. A gripping... Who's the fire starter? Okay, sure. That's good. Okay, who's the fire starter? All right. That's a good... And that that is a a good question. It'll reel them in. Who is the fire fire starter? starter? So let's start with this criticism. Warning. I'm going to say that in all caps. Okay. Warning. If you have read Claudia Queen of the Seventh Grade right yeah. or or Dawn and the or Abby or and the good Abby kid. and the best kid ever best kid ever you you will already know who the fire starter is we won't spoil it here but you will already know who the fire starter is that being okay. said okay that being said this book is a gripping let's try something this um you don't like gripping? No, I love gripping. I just want something better for book. This scintillating novel. Okay. Yeah. I like ag- I like modifiers. Right. The scintillate that's what they they say. A- add more modifiers. Any good editor will tell you. A M always add more modifiers. A M M. That's what N M Martin stands for. Add more more modifiers. Okay. This scintillating novel is a gripping tale tale of fire arson arson that's kind of an sat word i was gonna say fire and fury oh that's good though the alliteration yeah and or we could try to get a third one fire fury because then it's then it's what we call in french rhetoric that's great it's what we call in rhetoric an ascending tricolon fire fury and friendship um it will leave you it will leave you oh wait what's the thing they say um you can throw away okay you can throw away the rest of your seat oh okay the rest of your seat you're not gonna need it uh wait let's come up with a better way to say this okay i don't know what you're saying so because i normally i you know i would go ahead and throw away most of your seat Mm -hmm. you're just gonna need the edge oh that's great Right? Go ahead and get rid of the back part of your seat. Yes. Shall I say, shall I do something clever, end the sentence and say, why? You're just going to need the edge for this. Yes. That's good. 
not since um what's the guy's name who wrote the old timey mysteries orient express <sighs> french what about this can i take a turn for you not since tom wolf's bonfire of the vanities has there been such a good book about fire oh okay i like that okay we um, can say your thing too okay that's good um it is Tom and the Wolf, guy's right? name is do you mean hercule poirot yes the okay. main character from agatha christie's okay not Mur on the orient express hercule poirot have we seen such a brilliant and devious investigator as marianne spear yes and not since uh and not since lee child's uh jack reacher books have we seen so much action-packed pulse pounding edge of your seat well we already say edge of your seat. no but here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna put a parenthesis and say we told you you wouldn't be needing it Mm. beautiful be needing the rest exclamation point uh edge of your seat let's stick this landing here uh excitement thrills thrills five stars i like to do i like to do five stars exclamation point and then do a couple of um line breaks okay and then do an m dash and do jack and tanner and then in parentheses put we loved it we loved it and then, P.S. Tanner gave it four stars because we actually think it's worn out. Yes. This is a long one. Uh, we'll get quicker okay. at these, guys. Sometimes they're long. We had to craft it together, you know? Okay, I'm going to read this back to you. Okay, let's Ready? look for typos. Who's the fire starter? Warning. If you have read Claudia, Queen of the Seventh Grade, or Abby and the Best Kid Ever, you will already know who the fire starter is. We won't spoil it here, though. That being said, this scintillating novel is a gripping tale of fire, fury, and friendship. Go ahead and get rid of the back part of your seat. Why? You're just going to need the edge for this one. That's not (laughs) Not since Tom Wolfe's Bonfire of the Vanities has there been such a good book about fire. Not since Hercule Poirot have we seen such a brilliant and devious investigator as Marianne Spear. And not since Lee Child's Jack Reacher series have we experienced such action-packed, pulse-pounding edge of your seat we told you you wouldn't be needing the rest thrills five stars jack shepherd and tanner green ring we loved it p.s Good. tanner gave it four stars because we actually think it deserved four and a half okay great great and publish okay wow that was great this segment is is pretty long huh it's a long segment but i think it's our best ever and I love it, and I love doing it, and it really yeah. gets me in the and mood. It, it it's it gives back to the community in a helpful way, you know? Mm-hmm. Very helpful. Um, okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to power through this. I'm going to have you very quickly describe the book, and then I won't be able to describe it any quicker than 60 seconds. But that's that's the, the format here. Well, you don't need to, because that's exactly how long it takes to play a game of 60-second burger run. Okay, but why don't you start? Why don't you describe this book? I'm going to put on some music. You have prepared and written a description that will tell people a little bit about what happened in this novel. We already know Sean Addison did it. Are you ready? Uh Stony Brook firefighters, Rosie Wilder, Kurt Russell, and Nikki Pike, William Baldwin, have been rivals since childhood. Rosie, struggling to prove herself, transfers to the arson unit. There, she aids Marianne Spear, Robert De Niro, <laughs> in her investigation into a spate of fires involving oxygen-induced infernos called backdrafts. But when a conspiracy implicating a crooked landowner and a group of book burners leads Rosie back to Nikki, she is forced to overcome her readathon competitiveness in order to crack the case. Babysitter's Club, Mystery, Number 13. Marianne and the Library, Mystery. Fucking fantastic. Can't find a, a lick of fault with that. Loved it. Yeah. Yep. Great stuff. Straightforward, you know. Yeah. This is a pretty straightforward book. And yeah. because we knew the mystery going into it, you know, there wasn't like 
I just thought I'd go simple with this one. I will say, I wish when we had written the review, we could have put in a little bit of criticism about the lengthy passages describing the science of backdraft. Backdrafts, That yeah. Anne has in this book. It's like, we didn't need that, really. You know? have, you, have you gone to Universal Studios and written the um, Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 13, Marianne <laughs> and the Library Mystery Ride? No, I didn't know there was one. I didn't yeah. even know that was a popular film. I think it's kind of a, um, it's like a walkthrough ride. Okay, that's fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. And do they describe backdraft in some detail? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Um, I cried at the movie Backdraft. Did you? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's one of like two films I've ever cried at. Okay. Um, I... It's not even, it's like what, at what point, the end? really surprised me. I think I was in, I must have been in either, fi- I think it was in sixth grade. I cry at movies all the time. When it came out. I saw it at, um, what's the, the big uh, the big movie theater in uh, in DC? That I, Oh, the Uptown. Shout out to my DC listeners. Uptown. They went to the Uptown. Is that what you guys all say? No, but it was a uptown. thing to like go and see a movie at the Uptown. Like when Star Wars came out, when Phantom Menace came oh, out, yeah. like everyone in DC waited in, in like- sure five hour lines are out because yeah, yeah. they wanted to see it at the fucking uptown or they could have just gone to i don't know fucking tyson's corner and it would have been shout fun. out to um all my four collins peeps cinemark 16 <laughs> all right out there on harmony okay so what i want you to do tanner is, is pull up a game of uh 60 second burger time oh fuck yes okay last uh, time i play got it through can you do do me a fave quick fave and uh just Listen with half an ear to, to what I'm saying so you can react to it at the end of it. I'm going to be honest with so you. That's good. absolutely not going to happen. I yeah, can't no, do that. I know. I know that. Okay. Well, that's fine. I, I'll, I'll just, uh, I'll just, you know, I don't need you. Don't let In me know five. You okay. Four, three, two, one. Okay. There's a readathon and. Um, all the kids in Stony Brook are reading as many books as they can. Marianne is asked by Claudia Kishi's mom to help with the readathon, hopefully for pay. She goes and she shows up, and Christy comes along too. And there is a fire. There's a fire in the trash can. A book is being burned. The book that is being burned is on the banned book list. That is important because there are a bunch of protesters outside the library who want to ban books, and they seem like a crazy, unruly mob, and it's insane that that's happening. Um, but they are definitely suspects are they the ones setting fires in the library Uh oh there are two more fires in the library they're also banned books Uh oh that's freaky but then it turns out that there's this lady called miss ellsworth who is a helper at the library and through some weird will from her rich grandfather it turns out that if the library burns down uh it will it, the land you're almost will, out of time be given back to her family and Miss Elworth will inherit. It turns <laughs> out that Sean Addison did it. He You're is one time. of the Shut kids. Up. Shut up. God, I got this close. I got so, so fucking close to getting Oof. the to the bus stop at the end of describe. level six. Uh, there's no B-plot. Um, there are just a number of suspects. There's the Ellsworths, the Elways. Wow, it's not Ellsworth, it's Elways. The Elways, shout out to I suppose Denver. the, the, um, the readathon is the B-plot. I guess so, but it's pretty tied Rosie, up with the A Rosie plot. is trying to to win the. I guess the B plot is that Nikki Pike doesn't appear interested in reading. Rosie, Rosie Wilder seems Wilder like is. she's the best. And then Nikki is one of the suspects briefly because matches are found in his pocket. It turns out Sean Addison put them there, um, and that turns him off the library even more. But directed by M Night Shyamalan, plot twist. Nikki ended up reading the most books in the readathon. He was inspired by Marianne. Yes. And that is my tearful moment. Okay, and you know it's not called that. Yep. And I'm now gonna read you a poem. Ready? Yes. Once I heard of a dead doggy, and my mind grew weak and foggy. His tragic fate was writ in Martin's lore. He was but a border collie, and to weep would be such folly. Overcome by melancholy, sorry, but there must be more. Louie's gone to be with Mimi, sad goodbyes I do abhor. Tearful moments come once more.
Uh, I'll just read you this. Sad. It, it moved me. It's the, it's the last last couple paragraphs of the book. Nikki Pike really gets a bad a bad deal in this book. Uh, they yeah. find matches on him. Uh, he is scared to go back to the library. He's scared that he's in trouble. Um, it's scary that there are fires. There's a fire starter. Uh, there's an arsonist. A fire bug. And yet he perseveres. From uh, Batman. And now the third grade prize, said Miss Feld. This prize is a special one because of the extra effort a certain person put into winning it. Can you all please join me in congratulating Nikki Pike for reading the most books of any third grader? I was shocked, and I think a lot of other people in the audience were too. Rosie Wilder turned pale, but then she recovered and yelled, Yay, Nikki! at the top of her lungs. Everyone else cheered too, and I have to say the applause for Nikki was louder than the applause for any of the other winners. It didn't hurt that he had his own nine-member Pike family cheering section. Nikki had to walk by me on his way to receive his coupon, and as he passed, he leaned over and whispered in my ear. Surprise. He walked proudly to Miss Feld, shook her hand, and accepted his coupon. Then he turned to the audience. I just want to say that I worked hard because I wanted to win this prize for Marianne. I did most of my reading at home so I could surprise her. She's the one who got me excited about reading. Thank you, Marianne. Okay, I admit it. That's where I lost it. I started to cry, and I didn't even try to hide it from Christy. And, Riddle Babies, I am not trying to hide it from you. I cried at this moment. I didn't. I thought it was a touching moment, and it was beautiful. Marianne is... She just... The the C plot of this book is that Marianne always cries. Yeah. She cries at everything. It, it opens up the novel where she's crying at the movie Roman Holiday. Yeah, the the reason she's available for the readathon in the first place is that she is kind of getting sick of spending every afternoon watching a, to my mind, not very sad movie like Roman Holiday right. and like weeping. Yeah. Um, so instead, she weeps at a readathon, and so did I. Marianne was fine in this book. She handles herself well. Marianne was essentially like a non-character in this book, though. Well, that's how Marianne does. But I will say that she, Tanner, does a very good job of solving the mystery. And I'm saying that for a reason, because I'm going to follow it with a criticism. It's what we call an open-faced compliment sandwich. Yes, it's where you put the sandwich on the back of your hand. Yeah. And then you hit someone with it. (laughs) Slap. Yeah. So she does a good job. This is good. This is what she does that's good. She figures out, so I think Anne and Ellen want us to think that these crazy book banners are the people who set set the fire because they're like an unruly mob who hate books and hate reading and think to kill a mockingbird should not be in school libraries. I hate your books. Yeah, that's what they say. Um, And so that's kind of the red herring. uh, And they have this list of banned books. Marianne kind of brilliantly puts together that the books that have been used to start each of the three separate fires are all on the banned book list, but they are also all books for the fifth grade class. Yes. And so she narrows it down. They're also on the approved reading list, which I think is pretty baller of the staff of Stony Brook Library. Mostly recommend (laughs) banned books. Banned books, Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, we got these book banners out here. Yeah, It's like, all right, everybody, William Burroughs, Naked Lunch. <laughs> <laughs> mein Kampf. <laughs> American Psycho and whatever that Judy Bloom book is that was banned. Are you there, Deeming. God? It's me, Margaret. <laughs> That's the recommended books. And what Marianne figures out is that there's only one book left that is likely to fit the pattern, and so they, like, stake it out, and that's how they discover Sean Addison. Yes. That's great. It's a biography of Abraham Lincoln. Other than that, the BSCDA. Babysitter's Club Detective Agency. Yep. He stuck to his story, insisting that he had not seen the matches before. He also insisted on helping us solve the mystery of the fires. He was determined to prove his innocence. This is about Nikki Pike. It looked as if the BSC detective agency was going to have a new junior member. That's my first strike against them. 
I feel like probably not inviting a eight-year-old into your detective agency. You sustained? What's that knocking I hear? What I don't what is it? Wow, the door just shot open. It's the Stony Brook Child <laughs> Protective Services. Oh no! <laughs> this is a welfare check with Stony Brook <laughs> CPS. And we're here to offer a citation to the Babysitter's Club for inviting an eight-year-old boy to hunt down an arsonist. <laughs> I forgot we had that segment. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. They're all under arrest. Um, here's another thing they do that's bad. Uh, it turns out that the Elways, these are two things related to the John Elways. Elway? No. Uh, Denver Broncos all-star quarterback, John no, Elway? Miss Elway. His uh, wife? It could be, frankly. Spelled but I don't think so, and it's spelled differently. Yeah. Um, Miss Elway, who is like a helper at the readathon, weirdly stands to inherit a lot of money if the library burns down. <laughs> but that's like hearsay, too. Like- no, it's... They look it up on microfiche. Like, it turns out that Grandpa Elway was, like, a weird philanthropist, but he liked to put all these whistles and bells on the thing. So there's, like, a duck pond that only belongs to the town as long as people in the town continue feeding the ducks. But right. And if they stop, it goes back to his family. And if the library ever stops to be a library, it'll go back to the Elway. So she's a pretty prime suspect. Um, here's how they decide it's not her. But if they want the land back, said Shannon, they're not doing a very good job of burning down the library. That's true, said Claudia. Maybe those little fires are supposed to throw people off the track. You know, everybody gets used to them, and then, boom, the big fire is set. That's not a good theory, and it doesn't make any (laughs) sense. (laughs) That's bad detective work. That's bad detective work, and that's just not how it works. How would that be a plan? (laughs) You're like, ah, well, you know what? Fires are going to happen either way. We may as well just sit back and relax. Like, in what scenario would, would you be more complacent about the possibility of a large fire? There have been three small fires already, or there have been no fires. <laughs> <laughs> so they they get rid of Miss Elway as a suspect, but there are a bunch of other Elway what do you call members. this? What do you call this segment? Is this like internal investigations? Yeah, we're investigating the investigators here. Okay. Yeah, internal investigations is fucking great. I love it. Welcome to Internal Investigations with Detective Jack. And I'm Detective Tanner. No, you're Detective Jack. Oh, I'm Detective Jack. And I'm Detective... Ironsides. Oh, Throbcock. I realized we were doing cool names. Well, Detective Jack, (laughs) sounds like you nailed these fucking amateurs on two points. Well, I've got one more, and as we all know, it's three strikes and you're out, Detective. Yeah. What is it? Uh, Ironsides Throbcock. Are you related to uh, the Throbdog family? Businessmen? Different last names. Okay. (laughs) Um, Most people... Well, it sounds like you need to brush up on your detective work, because most people (laughs) with different last names are not related. Okay. Um, So they investigate the rest of the Elway family, and they go and meet them all, and they're all, like, super fucking nice. They go... One of them has, like, a, a small business, and they go to his business, like, selling like electrical supplies and then another hardware lives at a mansion and they're all super nice and they come claudia comes back and she's like claudia threw up her hands as they walked away from the elway mansion we did all that work she said with a laugh and all we ended up with is the news that the elways are wonderful people (laughs) (laughs) the fact that they're nice claudia does not let them off the hook right um, so I took the liberty of looking up uh, the Connecticut rules for having your private investigator license revoked. Yep. That's what we do. We're internal investigations. Um, so we can go through this. The license is valid for one year. The original feat, we don't care about the feat. The commissioner may, and that's us, I think. Okay. After notice and opportunity for hearing, suspend or revoke it for five possible reasons. Okay. Violation of pertinent laws. 
They didn't really violate any laws unless you call... Logic. Well, they did stalk several people. Their, like, their main sort of like detective work, their gumshoery... Yeah, involves, involves a lot of stalking. following people around town. That's true. Okay. Fraud, deceit, or misrepresentation. Oh, fuck. I think that could be where we nail them because they pretend to be reporters for the Stony Brook yes, they school do do that. Yep. to ask the book banner people about right. why they want to ban the books. And Claudia lies to Mrs. Elway at one point and says that she needs the key to the staff bathroom. Right. When she because uh, she really needs to use the restroom. She's the daughter of a staffer. Right. And she needs to use the restroom. Which she doesn't. Which she, she did not need to. Uh, material misstatement in an application. Unclear. I haven't seen the application, so. Okay. And here's the one that I think I probably uncovered in my three strikes against them. Demonstrated incompetence or untrustworthiness in the conduct of his business. Okay. Connecticut. Wow, Connecticut. And then is there a fifth one? Uh, and number five, conviction for felony or other crime affecting the licensee's honesty, integrity, or moral fitness. Okay, Stacey well, we know that Christy a... has lit fires before, and she's got that hunger. And she's burned a man, and Stacy has committed wine crimes. She's not really in this one, is she? Oh, she is a little bit. She's a little bit. Yeah. She's not in it a ton. Well, I... Well, it sounds pretty open and shut, but yeah. I think what we need to do is continue to build a case as we read these books. Okay, great. I'm glad we did that. I think we should take a break. Okay. What do you think? Fine with that. Great. Mystery. Hey, welcome back. Uh, to me? To you. And to the Riddle Babies. Oh, the Riddle Babies as well. Yeah, thank you guys for, uh, for, st- for bearing with us here. Riddle me this, Riddle Babies. Um, and Jack. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to intro this segment okay can't help you the intro we've developed for it is pretty unwieldy okay yeah but what i think happens is i read a song about other worlds and other dimensions Mm -hmm. and other states of being Mm -hmm. and you read a piece of text about other worlds theory yeah, about the philosophical theory about possible worlds. And so we don't have to do it on the other side of this. The purpose of this segment is to delve deeper into the fact that the Babysitter's Club mysteries take place in an alternate universe. Alternate universe, right. From the main canon series. And Ellen and Anne keep dropping little hints for us that that is indeed the case by showing us something that is not quite right. Something right. that's a little bit out of place. And this week it's going to be a tough one because we know for a fact that Sean Addison is the fire starter and he, that is mentioned in the main canon series. So one would think, oh, this book takes place in the main canon. Right. It's but a that's wrong. adjacent but parallel universe. It's a lot of the things are the same. Obviously, there are uh, girls called Christy and Don and Stacy and Claudia who have a club. Right. So it's a lot of things are the same, but little things are different. So, Jack. Yeah. You would not believe your eyes if ten a series of articles lit up the world as I fell in asleep. The book, Heterocosmica. Because they fill the open air. Loop leave teardrops everywhere. Think me rude, but I would just stand there. There. From Lewis's analysis of truth and I'd like to and make myself believe that planet Earth turns It's hard to say that I'd rather stay awake when I'm asleep because everything is never as it seems. Because it is impossible for the human mind to imagine an object, much less a world, in all of its properties, every fictional world presents areas of radical indeterminacy. Okay. So I did Fireflies by um, Owl City. And I read um, about a series of articles by Lubomir Dolegel that culminate in his 1998 book, Heterocosmica, Fiction and Possible Worlds. Heterocosmica is a grabby <laughs> title. Well, it's, it literally means I'm, If I'm like other flipping worlds. through JSTOR, yeah. 
and I see heterocosmica, I'm like, yeah. yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> That's like the clickbait of yeah. academic, <laughs> other world's writings. Um, can I? May I tell you why this book takes place in an alternate universe? Yes, please. Tanner, you may. Okay, I would love it if you let me do my answers. Okay. Yes, you, Tanner, you may. Okay, well, I, you just said exactly what I said. Well, so you I anticipated what I was going to say, but I don't... I don't I want to draw a bright line here because once we start having you do my part at all in this podcast, I think that that will be a slippery slope. Number one. Okay. Claudia said, keep an eye on Mrs. Elway. Number two, keep an eye on everyone else. Two, look for suspicious behavior and keep a list of possible suspects. I, Marianne, suggested. Good said christy number three said jesse find out about the second fire too claudia didn't ask about the burning book today check said christy number four try to prevent future fires good one i exclaimed and number five said stacy solve the mystery before the library and all the books in it are burnt to a crisp all right said christy scribbling away then holding up the list we're ready for action watch out mr or Madam Firebug, the BSC is on your case. Okay. So, these books share a universe with Detective Comics, Batman, the supervillain, Firebug. Firebug? That's a guy? Joe Rigger from the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. He, was, he lights fires to things. Is he a bug? He's a man. His name is Joe Rigger. He's a demolitions expert. And I feel he, like Detective he's Comics. a soldier. So he's a soldier, and they train him how to be a demolition expert. And he's overseas in Nam. Mm-hmm. And they bring him back, uh, and he can't turn it off, a lot like Rocky or Rambo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he uh, goes on a killing spree and um, starts a bunch of stuff on fire and blows a bunch of stuff up with napalm. He's just a guy, though. He's a guy called Firebug. But he's not a bug. I just really feel like they missed a trick here. Because if I bought a comic that was about a supervillain called Firebug, and it's just a guy, I would be very disappointed. I have a question for you, then. Okay. If you bought a comic called Batman... Right. No, that's exactly... And he was just a man. That backs up my case, though. Because if I bought a comic called batman and it was literally just a man who didn't have like bat ears or bat wings or anything to do with bats oh, sure. yeah, yeah yeah i would be disappointed right i would say i would write a stern letter to detective comics and yes. i would say detective comics why didn't you just call this man man <laughs> or bruce which is his name <laughs> yeah, or bruce bruce issue number one so i think this universe the, this the mystery universe might we know for a fact from last week that it shares a universe with Stephen King. Right. And now I suspect it also shares a universe with DC Comics, especially the Batman universe. In a way that the main series doesn't. And that's what differentiates it. That's what's subtly different. Okay. I have something on this topic that I would like to share with you. Okay. I would like to run by you as a possibility. This This is like pretty out there, but it really struck me. Claudia's mother is the head librarian at the Stony Brook Library. He should be a bug. Should be a bug. Like a big bug. Just have it be a bug. Do you remember in um, Starship Troopers? Of course. Those like fire beetles who shoot fire out of their butts? Yes. Yes. That's what yes. he should be. Have it be that. That's fucking great, and that's a great fucking movie. Yeah. Claudia's mother is the head librarian at the Stony Brook Library, and she's constantly encouraging Claudia to read books that she feels are more challenging than the Nancy Drew mysteries Claudia loves. In fact, Claudia is forbidden to read Nancy Drew books. This is a novel that explores, at its heart, the crime that is committed when a book is banned. Yes. And the fallout that occurs from the collective will to ban and censor our great literature. Yes, like Shel Silverstein. And the damage that is done. And right up top, we're told that Claudia, despite it being the passion of her life to read these mysteries, is forbidden from reading them. I put it to you, Tanner, that that 
accumulated power, that potential energy within Claudia that is brought about by the tension between the forbidding and her desire to read these mysteries, when unleashed is what created this offshoot world that is like the Babysitter's Club world in all ways, except that there are a lot more mysteries in it. Okay, yes. That is how this pocket universe came into being. This is an alternate timeline. Mm -hmm. The infinite Claudia Kishis that exist out there, this one's split off, and it's it's a corruption. It's all this pent-up right. anxiety, this right. pent-up tension around wanting to solve mysteries. Right, and a possible world is created through choice, through difficult choices, right? We make When we, we reach a crossroads... And one of us makes it – whenever we make a choice, a new universe is created. Right. And in some other universe, there was a different series of choices around these mysteries. But in this universe, that choice became an inflection point for Claudia. And that's why there's so many fucking mysteries. In one universe, yeah, they develop a system like the Purge where Claudia is forbidden from meeting, reading mysteries – Mm-hmm. Every day, except for one day a year, for 12 hours from sunset to sundown, she's allowed to read. All mysteries are legal. Right. And she is allowed to read as many <laughs> mysteries as she wants. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. I would read that. All mysteries are legal for one one night a year. Yeah. Yeah. And that so, just kind of helps get out that anxiety and that anger, you know? Yeah. That's good. That yeah. desire to solve mysteries. Yeah. Um, that's beautiful. Tanner, I would like to introduce a new segment. Okay. I think it's new anyway. I wrote a poem for it. I, you I hope... wrote a poem for it? A new poem? Yeah. I wrote okay. a new poem. And I hope that we haven't had this segment before and I wrote a poem for it then and forgot because I <laughs> took the time to well, write I'm a not going to remember poem. either. Okay. Baby, uh, Riddle Babies, we're in a precarious situation where... Yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and ex- just say this as a disclaimer. Um, we're trying to get ahead of our record so that I can have my baby and we have a few weeks off so that I can, you know, help my wife recover and be a dad mm-hmm. for a few weeks. Um, we also drink a lot <laughs> when we record these episodes and forget a lot of what we do, most of what we do. So, right now we're a few weeks ahead, and... We're way more ahead than we've ever been. Right. So, there's a lot... So, every time we release a new episode to you guys, a lot of that is new to us. (laughs) Anyway, so if this is the second of these, then you got two poems for this. All right, you ready? Uh, Also, we do gothic poems for segments now, for the most part. I'm glad we remembered that, at least. Yeah. Okay, you ready? Yep. Just be on this door. I wonder what's behind that door. Like your Xbox and stuff. Must be an Xbox, I devour. And not a naughty dungeon or a playroom that's more ow than wow. Whatever it be, of this I'm sure that Alan Gray will see you now. Mr. Gray will see you now. Incredible. I don't think we've done this. <laughs> it's our hit segment. Alan Gray will see you now, where we talk about what the fuck Alan Gray was up to. Yeah, he was up to some fun rad shit this week. Based on the hit novel by E.L. James, Fifty Shades of Gray. Uh, did you capture any Alan Gray stuff, Tanner, that you'd like to talk about? I didn't capture any, but I do remember reading it and being like, what a what a good character. This he just is. does great stuff. Did you capture the mooing The thing? mooing is what I, I can read that. I, okay, because that was what I remember thinking. Like, this is class clown master class here. Yeah. And like, if I had been a classmate of Alan Gray's when I was 13 and he was in my class, I would have been like, this guy is my favorite person in the class and I love him. 
He keeps getting threatened with some really serious shit. Like, you're going to go have to see the fucking principal, Mr. Kingbridge. The assistant principal. And you will be suspended if you push this. But he's being so funny and there are so many opportunities for goofs that he, like, he can't help it. He can't help himself. He keeps pushing it. Would you keep a bird from singing? No, exactly. Okay, ready? Here's the moment. And it's also such a great statement about society. Oh. That's what I love. Yeah. My class made its way through the crowded hallway. There's a fire drill. Yes. It's not a fire drill. There's a fourth fire. It's a red herring. It was just an electrical problem. Yes. At the, but it's at the school. The middle school. My class made its way through the crowded hallway. At one point, Alan Gray and some other boys started to make mooing noises as if we were a herd of cows. <laughs> Get along, little doggy, said Alan, smacking another boy on the rear. That led to a short shoving match, and someone trampled on my toes, which made me squeal. Mr. Gray, said Miss Frost. This is your last warning. See, she calls him Mr. Gray, too. Do I need to report you to Mr. Kingbridge? Mr. Kingbridge is the assistant principal, and being sent to him is worse than being sent to the principal, whose name is Mr. Taylor. Mr. Kingbridge is in charge of discipline, much like uh, Mr. Gray in the yes. hit novel. Fifty Mr. Shades Gray. of Gray we'll by E.L. James. Mr. Kingbridge is in charge of discipline, and he has the power to suspend kids who get into trouble. Ooh, suspend me, Daddy. (laughs) Okay, that's enough of that. (laughs) Alan and the other boys stopped mooing, and the hall was quieter until we reached the doors. Then the boys started shoving again and fooling around. Alan held the door open for another boy. After you, he said politely. When the boy tried to walk through the door, Alan stopped holding it and tried to squeeze through at the same time. killing it alan that's one of many good things i think that's the best thing that he does he's such a good class clown and i i admire him i admire him so much everybody is scared because everything's on fire and they live in a world of fire there is a lot of what i like to call fire shadowing in this novel okay marianne that's like foreshadowing but with fire but with fire marianne is like has this like terrible fear of fires and feels like compelled to, to okay. stop the yes, fires. Yes, yes, She has yes, these yes, nightmares yes. about fires and everything being on fire, and she's like, I have to stop the fire before it's too late. And it's like, Marianne, girl, this ain't the fire that gets you. Yeah, I get that you're afraid of this fire, and you should yeah. be, Yeah, but this isn't the big one. Right, this isn't the big one. And you've got a little ways to go before the big one. Because Dawn's still in California. Yeah. The first time. So we can get a vague idea of where we're placed in the main canon. Wait until the one called Abby arrives. Then you'll And know. then begin to fear the flames. And wait till Dawn goes back to California. Yeah. Forever. Forever. And wait till the one called Mallory yeah. moves to Massachusetts. Yeah. <laughs> it was sad this week uh, to watch Mallory go through mono again. Mono again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of nice, though. It like makes the books a little tidier when yeah. Mallory is out with Mono, Dawn is out with being in California, mm-hmm. and like a couple weeks ago, like Stacy was out because like she was feuding with the BSC. Yeah, and it's like it it is much easier to kind of keep track of like of where they are three characters instead of seven. Yeah, no, that is true. I had my first experience last week uh, where Dawn introduces and she's like, I moved back to California for a while and like I'm living with my dad and it's going well, but he's dating this woman called Carol who I don't like. And I was like, Dawn, not this fucking Carol shit again. <laughs> you'll, you'll come around. I just like, I cannot go through, the, I cannot get on the fucking Carol roller coaster another time. Um, Tanner, we're talking about possible worlds. And we are talking about the subtle ways that the alternate universe of the Babysitter's Club mysteries are different from the universe wherein the main canon takes place. And one way that I think we've uncovered that it's different is that in the main series, they have a number of factions, seven factions, descend upon Stony Brook to try to rip it apart from the insides. Name them now. They are the ghosts, the witches, the dolls. The cat people, the soldiers with magnificent weapons, the ballerinas, and finally, is it the purple orb? No. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Can't believe I forgot the dinosaurs. Dinosaur energy. Dinosaur energy. Yeah, and one of them was demons. One of them was demons, right. And we said ballerinas. 
So those are the seven factions in the main canon. You all know that. It seems like there's a different set of factions that are besetting well, it's an alternate universe. our young girls in this alternate universe. Recently, we discovered that one of them is the skeletons. Yep, from the guy who, the skeleton who lives in the museum who shakes people's hands. I would like to read you this passage, Tanner. Okay. On Monday, a week after Mrs. Kishi had first asked for help, I reported to the children's librarian after school. Her name is Miss Feld. She's the most energetic woman I've ever seen. She always seems to be in three places at once doing five different things. Hand me that registration form, would you, Marianne? She asked after I had introduced myself. Billy, please don't tear the heads off the puppets. Yeah. She called to a boy playing nearby. Please don't puppets, puppets. tear the heads off the puppets. puppets. Why would you do that? Unless you were trying to stop them, I put it to you that we should be worried about the puppets. Can I offer a counterpoint and then we can kind of debate on what we think is the actual faction here? Mm-hmm. Later in the book, several Pike kids were at the library. Mm-hmm. Nikki, Jordan, Byron, and Vanessa were busy picking out books. Actually, Jordan and Nikki were busier acting out a puppet show hmm. that had something to do with a gorilla that eats a town. Okay. What I'm thinking is that it's a gorilla faction. Okay. And the kids of Stony Brook don't know how to deal with it, and they what they've done they're, is they've, They're doing like a dumb show? Yeah, they're doing a dumb show where they're like... It's like transference. Yes, yeah, and they're the the puppets have come to represent the gorillas, and this boy who's tearing the head off the puppet is actually tearing a head off a gorilla. I'm with you all the way on this. Let me read you a third passage, and then we'll see if we can put them all together. Okay. The puppet theater, which is painted bright blue and has yellow curtains, stands in one corner. A giant raggedy Ann doll, big enough for a child to lie on or just snuggle with, sits in another. Is this the puppet master? This is the puppet master. A giant doll. Right. With a terrifying rictus grin. So the dolls are a faction from the main canon. No, no, I know. I'm not saying it's dolls. I'm saying that we've got puppets, we've got a puppet master, and And we've we've got got gorillas. Gorillas. I think we might just have to wait. (sighs) The, The factions, in the main series, the factions did not make themselves immediately known. We had to find them. I think we can, we've got our big board up here. Mm-hmm. We've got our red string. We can put puppets up there. We can put the puppet master up there for yeah, sure. Yeah, but with a, with a string next to it that's gorillas. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Puppets, gorillas. Are they puppets, puppets? Are they gorillas? I'm with you on this. The puppets could very well be just a way for these kids to internalize the horror. Of the gorillas tearing apart Stony Brook. I think we need to keep an eye out for mentions in the near future of... More puppets or more gorillas before we can really right. hone in on it. Great. I love that. Um, let's see. Uh, Let me see if I have any more notes. Maybe I can do something fun, huh? Okay. That's great, man. I would love that. Maybe I can have a little fun with you, huh? You want me to put you down on the beach, see if you can take a little walk by yourself? Here we go. Hey, set me down. Take a few footsteps. Set me down for a minute. All right, because my back is hurting. Set me down for a minute. Let me pull up. Uh, I have a poem to read to you, actually. Uh, okay. May I? Yeah. <laughs> O taunt, thou art sick, a very good burn, that stings you so right, a knife that doth turn. It gives in your head, and oh so soon it will cause me to call the burn unit. That's right, it's our burn of the week. It's burn of the week. Are you asking me if I had one, or are you... Yes. You, okay, I did, you and have I'd one? like to, to read it to you right now. It is Marianne's description of Claudia, but it's not a burn on Claudia. It's a burn on someone else. She's also not supposed to eat junk food, but you'd never know it. Claudia practically lives on things like ring dings and smart food and three musketeers bars. She hides the stuff all over her room, but she's not stingy with it. She always shares it with the rest of us during meetings. Too bad the vice president of the United States doesn't do that during his meetings. Maybe the world would be in better shape if our vice president shared some Cheetos with the heads of other countries. (laughs) That tanner is a burn on Albert Arnold Gore Jr. (laughs) Bad vice president.
The world is in bad shape because he's not sharing Cheetos with other countries. <laughs> Wait, when was this book written? 94. Oh, it wasn't Dan Quayle? No. Okay. That was a good burn. A good burn. Yeah, thank you. Mine's not... This is so... Riddle Babies. Ellen doesn't put a lot of burns in the books. It's a burn light week. In the alternate universe of the mysteries, they don't have burns. <laughs> so what were you saying, said Christy? It sounded like you found out something important. Well, it's important to me, said Claudia, giggling. And maybe Stacy, but I doubt the rest of you will think it's very meaningful. What I observed was that the book banners have very little fashion sense, she grinned. Claudia, said Christy, cracking up, I don't believe you. Stacy picked up a pillow and bopped Claudia on the head. You're a nut, she giggled. I'm serious, protested Claudia. You should have seen some of these outfits these people were wearing. I mean, I wouldn't even call them outfits. Nothing matched. Everything clashed. And they obviously don't know a thing about coordinating accessories. We cracked up. Oh, I can just see it, said Jessie, wiping tears of laughter from her eyes. We'll go to the police and say, book these people. They're in serious violation of every fashion rule, including hem length and color composition. They'd have to take us seriously. Is that true? Because Claudia then says, I happen to think it's a crime to dress like that. If it's not a crime, yeah, it should be. Yeah. And the penalty yeah. for the fashion crime? Mm-hmm. Death. I think so. Hem length and color composition? I spend hours a day thinking about that. And if I go out... You, today, Jack, can I just really quickly stop you? Yeah. You spent hours today thinking about your outfit? About the hem length, uh, yeah. And the color composition. Actually, I did. Let me show you I can, I'm looking at you now, and I can only see from about like mid-chest mid up. Yeah. But it looks like you're wearing a, a tank top. I'm going to tell you a little secret about myself. I am wearing a t- tank top. And I thought about the hem length of it. But that's not my point. I'm going to tell you a little secret about myself. I do not look like I put a lot of effort into my clothes. I always right. wear the same no. black jorts no matter what. And actually, that's not true. I have four different pairs of black jorts that look exactly the same. Yep. But here's a little secret about me. My socks always match my t-shirt. Do you know Some that? Some people, here's what I would say. And it's fucking cool, and it's very fashionable, and it the whole outfit comes together because of it. You always wear t-shirts, jorts, long socks, mm-hmm. and the same pair of sockanies that you've been wearing for as long as I've known you. Mm-hmm. Some people would say, I think there's probably a debate in the fashion world mm-hmm. as to whether people should wear long socks with shorts. Not in my fashion world. You say yes. There's no debate. Everyone agrees. Yeah. In my fashion world, you wear long socks with the jorts, but make sure the color of the socks matches your t-shirt. A little bit of bling, a little bit of flair. And then what I like about it is anybody who notices, they have this double take where they're like, that guy doesn't look very put together. Looks like he just rolled out of bed. And then they're like, but wait a second. The socks match the t-shirt. Maybe he is thinking about this. Oh, and is he is he wearing a ratty old Brooklyn Nets baseball cap too? Yeah. Um before we leave Tanner, I feel like we need to pay a little bit of lip service to the fucking like Here's dis- what happened. Can I tell you something? Okay. I dropped my phone. Okay. And I'm just not going to get it. Okay. So I'm I'm out as far as like notes or referring to the book goes. So uh, Do you want me to pick you back up again or do you, do yep. you finish can i climb can I, back up on the old back there i've got snow cone drippings all the way down my shirt i'll just climb back up climb back on old papa jacko i'll take us out here i'll ride you out and then when the detectives come to the beach those fucking snooping motherfuckers who are always counting the numbers of footprints on the beach and it's somebody yeah. always does it yeah somebody always fucking does it just like how about let it be a fucking mystery but they right. do it they're gonna come down they're gonna be like okay so here's what happened there are two sets of footprints for like two steps then there's one set of footprints for a long fucking way a mile down the beach then there's two sets of footprints again for a very very short way and then it's one set again what the fuck happened here well that is where jack carried me so i'm gonna kick back okay that's where i carried you tanner i just feel like we need to talk a little bit about this like dystopian stony brook mob that sometimes shows up they showed up before in the um dawn and the color wars and they showed up in Claudia on the first Thanksgiving, too, where it's like there is some large group of Stony Brook parents 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who do well, things like? Well, I suspect like, that they're also the ones who like ma- alienated the Ramses when they first moved to Stony Brook. They saw something in the Stony Brook Gazette that was like, "Mrs. Kishi and the librarians are putting together a readathon this week. Bring your." fifth graders to raise money f- for the library right. by seeing who can read the most books and they're like all right pitchforks yeah 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 fucking give us that book torches and let, let us see the fifth grade reading list yeah oh all banned to kill a mockingbird shell silverstein where the sidewalk ends the yeah. most harmless book of child <laughs> yeah. poetry in the world banned burn it um and Anne has a note to readers at the end Various groups have banned or tried to ban the books mentioned in this story from school and public libraries. For more information about book banning, visit the American Library Association online at ala.org slash advocacy slash ban. I went there, Tanner, and it says not secure. And I think that Anna is trying to install malware on my computer. Okay, yep. She's fishing. Because she's never had a note to readers before. She's fishing. She's going to send you an email that says... It, the email is going to, the subject line is going to be a password that you used to use. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. And then she's going to be like, my name is Anna Martin and I'm a hacker and I've been keeping track of your porn habits. Right. And I am going to tell everyone about the porn you look at if yeah. you don't give me five bitcoins <laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. And I'll be like, and you're not supposed to give your real name in these emails. <laughs> that is a common... Um, that's a common phishing scam. Phishing scam that happens to a lot of people, but it most notably happened to Jack when we were in Mexico last summer. Uh, I was enamored of it. It's a good scam. I remember it happening to you, and I was like, man, that's a fucked up scam, and I'm glad it didn't happen to me. And then I checked my email like three weeks later. I checked my like yeah. spam, and it was like, oh, this has been happening to me for like two it, years. It's a great scam. I'm fascinated with it. I'm fascinated with the psychology of it. I spent a lot of time like researching it because the the subject line is a password that you have used. And like most people have had some version of their password hacked because there are a lot of high profile hacks. And so they find your password and it's like, oh, if they know my password, they this must be real. It's not just like a spam. It's like, that's my fucking password. One, two, right. three, four, five. And then they're like, we got inside your computer and filmed you and also filmed the pornographic videos that you've been viewing. Yeah. And so send me a bunch of Bitcoin to this address. Yeah. Or we'll send it to everybody. And it's I a- always respond and I say, joke's on you. I yeah. only masturbate yeah. at the library. <laughs> That's great. Is that what the library mystery is, Tanner? <laughs> Tanner comes and he uses the public computers. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Um, I think I, on that note, we should leave and go. Okay. I am so glad, uh, Real Babies, that you have born with us this week and every week. And, and Tanner, I have been Tanner Greenring. Okay, this is just not how we do it. And Tanner, I'm glad that you have born with me. Uh, to the extent that you have, which is not much, even though I carried you the whole way through this episode. Riddle Babies, if you haven't already, please subscribe to our excellent Patreon. It's so much fun. It's so good. It's only $5 a month. You can get all the great Little Sister Big episodes over at patreon.com slash Podcast. It's the superior show. It's a great show. It's fun. We sing the intros. I've got a great song coming up for this week, which we're about to record. A huge thank you to everybody who's done it. It really helps to support what we do. And now that Tanner's having a child, we're going to have to pay for a studio space. Um, and oh, yeah. <laughs> we are very grateful to be able to do that thanks to your generosity. Um, buy our merch. Bit.ly slash BSCC merch. We're probably going to put up some new merch soon. And please do rate and review our show on iTunes. I feel like we show you... How easy that could be. It only takes about 25 minutes at the top of the show to yep. write a review of something and give it Find five a friend stars. to help you. Yeah. <laughs> really craft it, you know? This week, Riddle Babies, we read a novel that was called Marianne and the Library Mystery. Next week, we're going to be reading and talking about a novel called Babysitter's Mystery, number 14, Stacy and the Mystery at the Mall. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. Have you seen that movie, um... Mall Rats? Chopping Mall. 
No, but I love the title. Chopping Mall? That's fucking great. It's a 1986 horror movie about um, a bunch of teens who get caught in a mall overnight, and there's a robot security force. Hell yeah. Who Hell like yeah. terrorize them and kill them all. That's fucking great. And you think it's based on this novel? Could be. I cannot wait. That sounds fucking amazing. This week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. Senator Green Ring. Want to take another run at Not that? Not through a sound enthusiastic. Not through a yawn. And my name is Tanner Daniel Green Ring. Y'all has for this. This week, Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been. I'm going to cut off Cyril's first shorts this week. Oh, what is, and you guys are doing that together? Uh, yeah, we're going to do that together. What an, can you like live stream it? Yeah, we'll live stream it. The, what I do is I just, I hand him ceremoniously, I hand him his pair of, his little pair of baby jeans and a pair of scissors. Can he do that? And I don't know. He's ready for that? Yeah, it's right a passage. Do you have multiple so. pair of jeans? Yeah. So I think that's going to be beautiful. Because what if he fucks up the first one where you do that thing where you think you're doing straight and then you like lift him up and you realize you've done like kind of a V? I feel like that's something every 18 month old has to go through and learn for the first time. So right. if he fucks it up, I'm not going to be mad at him. You do a test cut. Cyril, if I can offer, if you're listening to this, yeah. um, if I can offer a piece of advice, you do a test cut. Yeah, do a test cut. You do your first, you do one cut below the knee. Sometimes it helps to do a marker. Yeah, do one cut below the knee. I think for George to work, they got to be above the knee, folks. They have to be kind of like right at or just above the knee. I like to get a little more dangerous than that. But yeah, at at least above the knee. I like to get a little bit more dangerous because I got got good thighs. You go high. When you go low, I go high. Right. That's my motto with George. That was a HeadGum Podcast.